Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. We're doing something a little different this morning. And, um, you know, one, one of the things that uh, we do as a church family is we encourage each other. You know, uh, Pastor Mark and Pastor Christine encourage us and build us up week in and week out. But those of us in our church family also have opportunities to build each other up and to encourage each other. Let me just read a few scriptures to that effect. First um, Thessalonians 5, verses 10 and 11 says, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. So that whether we are dead or alive, when he returns, we can live with him forever. So, encourage each other and build each other up, just as you are already doing. So, we have a few uh, individuals who are willing to share their experience with Holy Spirit with us, and hopefully what they have to say will build each one of us up and will encourage us uh, in our walk with God, our walk with Jesus, and hopefully have, help us have a, a deeper understanding of Holy Spirit. Um, this is uh, Ephesians 4.29. This is a verse also about encouragement. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And Hebrews 10, 24, 25 says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another. Especially now, that the day of his return is drawing near. So we know who Holy Spirit is, right? The third person of our triune God. And we have learned that Holy Spirit conforms us, transforms us to the image of Jesus. Holy Spirit guides us if we let him, right? Holy Spirit's not pushy. Holy Spirit's not demanding, but Holy Spirit wants us to take His guidance in our life. And if we, if we let Holy Spirit guide us, then what do the Scriptures say? We won't do what our sinful nature craves. Galatians 5.16. Galatians 5 says that our sinful nature wants to do evil that results in what? Sexual immorality impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger. It's quite a list, isn't it? But it goes on. Selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these and what the Holy Spirit wants is the opposite of these. So when we have Holy Spirit in us, 
he produces his fruit. And this is in contradiction to our sinful nature. He produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So in addition to that, Pastor Mark talked about what Holy Spirit does. He gives us gifts. Each one of us, he gives us a gift or a combination of gifts or degrees of gifts. And each one of these gifts, we exercise together as the church to what? To help each other. Not for our own um, pride, ambition, not for our standing with God. No, it's because all gifts are equal. But he gives us gifts to help each other. And these are the gifts in Romans 12. This is not up here. Romans 12, 6 through 8, gives us the gift of prophesying, serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, leadership, and showing kindness. And in 1 Corinthians, uh, there's other gifts that he gives us. The gift of wise advice, the gift of special knowledge, the gift of great faith. You know, you, you see some people... I have faith, you have faith, but some people seem to have great faith, right? Well, that's a gift of the Holy Spirit. Um, the gift of healing, the gift of the power to perform miracles, the gift of discernment, which is important in these days, the gift to speak in unknown, unknown languages, and the gift of interpreting unknown languages, and the gift of interpreting, I said that, uh, unknown languages, and then 1 Corinthians 12.28 says, His gift includes apostleship, prophets, teachers, the power to perform miracles, the gift of healing, the gift of helping others, the gift of leadership, the gift of speaking in unknown languages. Uh, Holy Spirit also gives us the power to witness. How many of you have been in a situation where you don't know what to say, but you're given words to say, to witness to others? That's Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit guides us in all truth. Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. You know, if we didn't have Holy Spirit and we sinned, our sinful nature will say, well, that's normal, that's natural. But Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin and gives us the right heart to be closer with God, to say, I'm sorry, God. I won't do that again. But when we do, you know, we know we sin because Holy Spirit tells us we've sinned. Um, and so we have some people that are going to come up here and talk about their experience with Holy Spirit in their lives. And some of the questions to think about when we uh, have our conversation is, first of all, how do you know? How do you know you have Holy Spirit within you? It's like... I guess it's like oxygen. You know, we can't see oxygen, but we breathe it. Um, what gift or combination of gifts has he given you? You know, is it possible that you don't know what gifts he's given you, but you're exercising them anyway? That would be the nature of God, wouldn't it? He would give you a gift, and even if you don't know it, he'd have you exercise that gift. Um, but mainly, how has Holy Spirit affected your life? Have you experienced the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life? Have you experienced the love, joy, peace, 
patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life. Has the Holy Spirit, I said the Holy Spirit, when I talk about Holy Spirit, I like to say Holy Spirit. Has Holy Spirit changed your character? Has he transformed you? And can you give us an example of how Holy Spirit has impacted your life? So, um, hopefully this microphone works. Let me test this out. Testing. Yes. Testing. Testing. One, two, three. All right, so the first guest we have is a man who I think has great faith, the gift of great faith. Um, in his life, and that's Yaman. Come on up, Yaman. Come here, brother. All right. The whole process of getting the house was, a, it was a spiritual battle. So we couldn't take it, take certain things. Um, we chose not to take certain things personal. You know, um, we did have the enemy, you know, use certain people and certain things to try to not try to affect us walking out in faith. Um, but through the Holy Spirit, we were just obedient and we continued to walk even when we, even when we didn't know how to, okay, Lord, well, what's the next step? What's this? What's that? Um, and, but going back to the first day of the house, I remember walking in the house and and the Lord shared with me that he's like, this is what I'm doing for you and your family. And I got that. I'm talking about it pierced my heart. Because at first I'm like, oh, I don't really know about this. I really don't want this. It's not really, you know. But I remember the Holy Spirit sharing with me, this is what I'm doing for your family. Don't, be, don't look at what it, about somebody else. This is what I'm doing for you. So I, I took hold of that and I held on to that. And with that, I began to really just look at the distractions in my life and really just sit there and focus on where he wanted me to be. Because as a man, you know, I'm responsible what goes on in our household. And I wanted to be there and be where the Lord wanted me to be so I can walk out in faith. And he definitely done that. He definitely done that with this house. And so I began to walk out in faith. And it was so crazy. The, not our realtor, but the realtor that was there, she told us the amount to put in for. She told us, hey, when we do it, we will get the house. That's unnormal. So for me, I'm like, okay, stop playing games. I just worked today. I don't want to hear that. But it was just so unnormal. And, you know, God, God don't work how we think he works. He, he does things his way. He's going to do things his way. But are we willing to accept his way when it don't look like how we want it to look. And I think that's the biggest thing that we can really take away from that situation. So we put in the offer on the house and we prayed about it and we just allowed it to be, you know, I, and the prayer was this, Lord, if this is your will, let it be done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and that was his will and it was done. And through some counseling and my parents going to them, speaking to them about it and 
Uh, one of the biggest things I got too was never apologize for what the Lord is doing in your life. Amen. So, and that's very important. So, um, that's one situation. Now, well, well before are you going to talk about a different situation? I do. Okay. Well, I, one thing that struck me about your testimony just now is the house has a good foundation. Yes. And the rest of it needs a lot of work. Yes. That's all of us, isn't it? If we had that foundation. We've got that in there, and then the transforming happens. And, you know, one thing I'm thinking about is as you improve the house, your walk with God will also improve, but you've got that foundation. Yes. That's excellent. Okay, so what's the next? And that's pretty much, I'm trying to paint a picture here. That's the picture I painted. So um, currently, currently in my own, my own life right now, the way that the Lord is, is using Holy, me. That's the way Holy Spirit works, right? <laughs> yes. So... Think about that house. I mean, think about yourselves, but me as well. The Lord is doing something in my life where he's getting me out of my comfort zone to do, do things that uh, reflect more and more of him. And it's definitely been a, a challenge. I love talking to people. I'm very personal. You know, being up here on stage is not really, it's not me, but... I see that the Lord has given me an opportunity to share what he's been doing in my life over the years and to help encourage people and uh, love on people. So, And right now what he's doing in my life is just using me as a vessel. And the biggest takeaway that I, I have seen is just being willing. And it's definitely not easy because you like, oh, yeah, yeah, Lord, use me, use me until... He's like, all right, I want to use you, you know. So, and right now he's using me. So he's definitely using me. He's stretching me in so in many different ways. Not only here at church, but at work, and my marriage. You know, being a father. I mean, y'all see Elias. He runs. He always have me on go. So, um, the Lord is definitely using me and stretching me in a way that um, I thought I was comfortable with, but it's not as comfortable. But it is very necessary because just like me, I believe that the Lord wants us to reflect him in every way possible. And we live into a time right now where people need to know that we are Christians and they need to know what we stand on. We shouldn't be scared to, um, to show that, you know. We need to be bold in our faith, show it, live it, and, you know, be examples of that, you know. And I believe that the Lord made us all individually different, and we all had different giftings, and I believe that those giftings is to serve him and also, you know, each other, so I think we should do a better job at uh, just being willing to be used by the Lord, and we definitely need to because the enemy is using any and everything to throw at us, and the more and more you serve the Lord, the more and more you, you submit to the Lord, the more and more the enemy is going to come after you and your family because he knows who you serve. So I would definitely say right now that's what the Lord is doing and through his Holy Spirit. But it's a privilege, so we can't forget about that. It's a privilege to be used by God, and that should be confirmation that the Holy Spirit lives in you, that you have the opportunity to walk out on faith each and every day. So, yeah. All right. Thank you, Yaman. So, so um, who do we have speaking next? Salima, we have my <laughs> wife speaking next.
<laughs> All right. Thank you, Yaman. All right. Thanks, Lima. Okay, so we just heard from Yaman. And uh, did, did you know Yaman before he had Holy Spirit in him? Or have you always known him as a Christian? I, I think he was like very like baby like he had just started church when I met him. Oh, okay. Yes. Have you seen a transformation in his character? A huge transformation. Yes. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> Especially and, what he tells me how he grew up and stuff. Yes. Like, oh, I'm glad yes. I didn't meet you then. <laughs> <laughs> or there's many of us here, I'm sure, that uh, our character has has changed because of the Holy Spirit within us, right? Okay, so, um, so do you know you have Holy Spirit in you? I do. And how can you tell? How can you tell that? Uh, kind of like what Yaman said, based on things that you just reflect back, and um, you just reflect back on what the Lord has done in your life. And uh, one of the things, because when Pastor Mark asked me, I'm like, oh, like you had to think about it, you know. And so um, I am. I'm an elementary school teacher. And that is a, it can be a hard job and it can be very demanding as well. Um, and my school recently went through like a transition of getting new principals, new schools. It's just kind of like a whole new staff. I think only like eight teachers returned back at that school and everybody else is like new. And so um, my- by the, by the way, that's not an easy job, is it? Yes. It is not. <laughs> it is not. And uh, my principal over the summer, he called me and he said, hey, you know, um, it was my new principal. And so he never met me. And he said, would you be willing to be a team lead and a mentor? And to me, I was like, oh, like, am I, like the first thought was, I don't want an extra thing on my plate, you know? Um, but Yaman always tells me, he's like, well, we need like more Christians and leadership and stuff like that. So then, and then we had previous, I think it was that same Sunday, because he called me on a Sunday. And that same Sunday, there was a message in church about uh, think getting out of your comfort zone and being willing to be used. And so the Holy Spirit reminded me of that message. So then I was like, yeah, you know, I said, yeah, okay. I yes, I'll do it. I'll be a team lead and I'll be a mentor. Um, and afterwards I t told Yaman and I said, I don't think I'm fit. Like to me, I guess it was kind of like, I don't think I'm fit because I believe my criteria of a team lead would be someone who probably has more experience, someone who's been at that school a little longer. Um, and I could think of several people at that school, um, but the Holy Spirit was like, no, <laughs> you, know, you, you know, you will be, you will be the team lead. Um, and it has definitely changed me because I'm like the spokesperson. I don't really have to do much, you know, but like I am the spokesperson for my team and I'm not really like an outspoken person, you know, like I don't really speak out that much and stuff. So getting me out of that comfort zone has changed me. And also just having the opportunity to uh, encourage the new teachers, because we have a lot of new teachers and it's hard on them. Like I can see that it's very hard on them. So just being able to encourage them and be there for them 
and um, let them know like, hey, you know, you will have hard days, you will have easy days, take this just as a learning opportunity because it will get better from there. Oh, that's, that's great, Selena. Um, one of the things Pastor Mark says is one of the greatest ways of spreading the word is by example, 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 right? And you're in a position where you can uh, show people how to act, and that could be witnessing without having to verbally talk about the word, right? So that's fantastic. It's very um, enlightening that Yaman says we need more Christian yes. leaders. And so um, that's great. Um, one last thing is, is how, maybe you weren't prepared for this, but how has Holy Spirit transformed you in your life? Or do you, do you know? That's okay. How has he transformed me in my life? Um, I guess just um, trusting the Lord a little bit more, especially like Yaman mentioned with the um, housing situation. We have been on the hunt for a house for two years. And so it was a long process, long process, how to be very patient. So just uh, trusting him, a like just learning how to trust him a lot, lot more when certain situations don't go our way, just being more patient. Um, yeah, pretty much. All right. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Salima. Before I, I call the next person up, um, I just wanted to say that um, I need to find my place here. Um, you know, there, there's this feeling sometimes when we call it the gut, your gut feeling tells you to do something or don't do something. And in my personal experience, when I don't listen to my gut, I find out I should have listened to my gut. A small experience, our testimony on Holy Spirit doesn't have to be you know, big and huge. It can be little things in life too. But uh, I'm taking care of my daughter's cat right now because she's going through life change. And so we have this cat uh, restricted to a room in our house because my wife is allergic to cats. And I cracked open the window so the cat could hear sounds from outside. And it was just a small crack. Uh, but before I, I left for work, something told me, close that window. And I said, nah, the cat can't, can't get through that hole. Well, when I was driving home from work that day, my wife called me up and said, we can't find the cat. And we looked all over for the cat. My son, Chaz, helped us look for the cat. He crawled under another person's house to look for the cat. And, uh, and the reason why we looked all over the place is because there's that crack in the window. And had I closed that window, we would, have known, we would have known the cat was in the house. Well, after searching for an hour, hour and a half, we came back. We opened the door of the room. The cat's sitting in the middle of the floor. So another example is when I'm driving, sometimes I'll get the word, put both hands on the wheel. And whenever I hear that, I put both my hands on the wheel. And I don't know if I've avoided accidents um, from doing that, but I don't want to learn, right? So I, whenever I hear that, I always put both my hands on the wheel, and I've never deviated from that. And uh, one more example is, um, this is where Holy Spirit stretched me a little bit. I have a, a niece who has four sisters. She's the oldest niece. And her 
younger sister, second youngest sister, had two children. Her other um, sister had a child. And this is over several years. And the oldest sister was married. And uh, I didn't know this, but they had been trying to have children. And I went to a wedding of one of my nieces, and I happened to mention to her parents, I said, when is she going to have a child? You know, because all her sisters were having children. And her mother said, oh, don't you know, they've been trying. I said, oh. So the next day, uh, she, the niece, and my parents, and a few other people were sitting around the dining room table, and I was in the kitchen, and Holy Spirit said, pray for her. And I felt like, what? Right now? Go over there and pray for her. And that was one instance where I listened to Holy Spirit. So I sat down at the table and said, do you mind if I pray for you? And she said, sure. You know, they're, they're very uh, strong in, in the faith, their family. And so I said a prayer, um, prayed that Holy Spirit will work in her to have a child. And a month later, I get a text saying I'm pregnant. And I don't think that my prayer caused Holy Spirit to cause her to be pregnant. I think Holy Spirit helped me to participate in the joy of her having a child. And now I feel I have a special connection to that child. So the next time I see her, I'm, doing, I'm going to have a, she's going to be one of my favorites, right? So Holy Spirit works that way in us. Um, so the next person that I want to call up is our greeter at the door, our witness to many at uh, where he lives. Come on up, Steve. Hey, Steve, how are you doing this Good morning? Good morning to everybody. Can I just start? First of all, I want to thank you for allowing me to speak and share my experiences with all of you and thank you for your attention because this is something that's really important to me and I also want to say that uh, if you notice I'm choking up or have a tear that that's not emotions that's just you know sinus or allergies or something so don't think I'm one of those guys that gets emotional all right Steve so you know you have Holy Spirit in you yes sir without a doubt yeah. Um, has Holy Spirit changed your character, transformed you? That just puts a, a, a chuckle in my heart because for me, and I had to write some of this down because I get confused. Uh, I didn't know what the Holy Spirit was. I became saved at 16 in the little church I was going to over in Highlands, the other side of the ship channel. Uh, it, it was sort of like the father, the son, and Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe's that guy that shows up when you least expect him. You, nobody talks about him and kind of like, who is that? Maybe he'll leave, you know? And that's sort of like the way I got who the Holy Spirit was, but that changed in my life. And I've got three things I'd like to mention quickly. Yeah, please do. Please do, yeah. And, and, but it's not so much about, I, I looked at, at things that God had worked in my life and like given me things or healed somebody, and that happens frequently, but uh, just... The notes that I have here when I, I was 16, a young lady in my life named Evelyn Todd, I'll never forget that. I asked her, what is this walking with the Lord? I just didn't understand what that meant. I mean, you know, I read about it in Genesis and stuff like that, but not me, you know. And she told me, she, she replied, I cannot explain, but when he's there, you will know. 
what does that mean? I mean, that wasn't very helpful, okay? So time went by, but uh, I can't really remember what age or what was going on when I first experienced where I knew it was the Holy Spirit. I can't give you a date or a time or a year, but what I realized was the God that was speaking to me was the Holy Spirit. Now, Jesus and God can and will speak to you as well. But for me, the Holy Spirit, um, it was different. And he told me, this is the Holy Spirit, told me about the Father. So I knew right then there's a difference between the two, okay? And it was like the Holy Spirit told me about the Father. You can do nothing to make your Father love you more. Nor can you do anything to make him love you less. He loves you perfectly. Well, that just blew me away. And kind of, what does that mean? I was raised up even at that age to be competitive, you know. Go do this. Go do that. You have to do this. You have to jump. You have to get a grade, right? A, B, C, D, or up to 100 or whatever. So that was against everything I'd been taught. It just blew me away. What do you mean by that? So that probably more than anything initially changed my whole being because I had different idea of who this God I was trying to please. I didn't have to do that. He wants us to please him, but that does not impact the love he has for you. And for those of you that are parents or have little grandkids running around, you can kind of maybe see this with them. No matter what they do, you're going to love them. You may disappoint them. I mean, they may disappoint you. You may have to discipline them, but they love you perfectly. Yeah, that's... Uh... You're, you're right about um, a lot of churches I used to go to didn't really teach about Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. Um, you know, you refer to God the Father as He, God the Son as He, and Holy Spirit as It, right? This mysterious thing. But He really is a person. Um, do you have another Yes, I'd testimony? like to also share, some of y'all may know this, but many years ago, I uh, wasn't prepared for a train, and God put me in a profession that I just wouldn't have ever picked. It was working in a locked psychiatric unit, mostly with uh, young people, teenagers, uh, quite a few adults, but uh, it was an experience I wasn't used to. We had two different units. I worked on both. One was for drugs and alcohol. The other was for personal abuse and uh, mental issues, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, stuff like that. So I was not prepared for that, had no experience, but it's, and it's more deeper than that, but I'm not going to go into that so much how God selected that. But uh, I was working there and had been there for a, a long time, and the place I was living at at that time had a real long fishing pier. We called it a tea head because it was shaped in a, in a tea, and people go out and fish. Well, one night after I worked a 3 to 11 shift, I was out there, and it was after midnight. That seems like when God and I talk a lot is in the wee hours of the morning. And uh, this is kind of emotional for me because I wasn't real happy at God. I was pretty angry, and I was pretty much shouting, which probably disturbed the neighbors, but I didn't hear about that. But anyway, and I kept going over every one of these things. You know, I could tell you, and it's not probably appropriate right now, age appropriate for some of the things I've seen or things that have been told to me by especially younger people. But it's out there. The world's evil. Many of the people in are evil also. So anyway, I'm ranting, and, well, why don't you do this? And where are you at? How come you end up? Why don't you change this? What are you going to do about it? I don't know how long that went on, but I was physically and emotionally drained. So I shut up, which is hard for me to do. And then I heard this great response 
So, S-O, two letters. What? Wait, wait, you're the father of, you're the creator, you're my God, I'm out here sharing, I'm breaking my heart open to you, and you say, so? Well, guess who got angrier? And after a little bit of time, after I'd calmed down and was ready to listen, which I think had a lot to do with it, he said, so what are you going to do about it? That's what I created you to do. He said, Steve, you have the name of Jesus that the Father God gave to you. You have me, Holy Spirit, with you every single moment of your life. What else do you need? We are ready. We are doing what we're going to do. But are you receptive? Are you willing to be obedient? Wow. Yeah. I see those sinuses are kind of getting to you. I see those sinuses are kind of getting to you. So, yeah, what, what's the other thing you wanted to do? Yeah, real quickly, uh, and this was really something I had not experienced before, but I had been, you know, witnessing, testifying and stuff, and the apartment complex I used to is where my ministry was named for me, the swimming pool ministry, because I was always out there. During that time I was working at that hospital, I worked weekends, 16 hours Saturday, 16 hours Sunday, they gave me an eight-hour bonus because nobody wanted to work weekends, which neither did I. But I had Monday through Friday off, so there was a whole lot going on. I was out there a lot, and God presented a lot of people. So let me tell you one thing. Don't say, God, I will do whatever you tell me to do unless you're really willing to do that because he will take you up on that, definitely. So anyway, I was out... Uh, at the swimming, was walking out the swimming pool, greeting people because I'm so popular, right? Know everybody there and waving, blah blah. And a lady in the pool and her 18-year-old stepdaughter, who I kind of knew vaguely, as I walked by the swimming pool, they were in the shallow end. And the mom, stepmom, says something to the daughter about, "Oh, he knows about the Bible a little bit. He'll pray with you, right?" And so I waved, and she introduced me. She said, "I have a question about God and the Bible. I want to ask you." Okay, and I was prepared after she gave me the question. I've been asked that a hundred times. It's a simple thing, right? So as I kind of crouched down by the swimming pool, knelt down, I started to give my answer that I've given dozens and dozens of times. So I know I got the biblical answer. I felt a warmth put over my mouth. I couldn't talk. I was pushed up into a standing position and back about four feet to a wooden fence that was there. And I went, whoa, what's that all about? I know what I'm fixed to say is right. And I just sat there and tried to catch my breath. And I turned after a few minutes and walked over to the chair and sat down. What's that all about, God? And I think the Holy Spirit revealed to me, he said, what you were going to say is correct. You've given that answer before. There's nothing wrong with that. What you don't understand is those two women are not where they need to be to hear that answer. I am still preparing them. Well, that was a real wake-up call for me because that's the first time God had ever stopped me from witnessing. So what that taught me is before, even though I think I know the answer, I feel very comfortable with, I always, before I speak, even if it's just for a second, 
I'll say, Holy Spirit, guide me. Help me to say what you want me to say and help that person receive it. Because Pastor Mark can stand up here on Sunday and, and blah, 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 blah all day. And if we're not getting it, it's worthless information. So that was not only protecting them and getting them where they need to be, but it was also telling me that I need to go to the Holy Spirit, to Father God, and to Jesus to make sure what I'm going to say is timely. It is the right thing to say at that moment. It might be the right thing, just like Pastor Marcus talked about prophetic word. It may be a prophetic word, but it may not be the word right then that God wants you to give. So he was very personal for me on that. Wow, Steve. Wow, thank, thank you. The, I think it's encouraging that, that you let Holy Spirit guide you in the way you live and the way you, um, the way you work. And uh, Holy Spirit has definitely given you the fruit of his character, right? Yeah. Before I go, I'd like to say, remember I used the word so, S-O? Yeah. So what I want to do is ask you, so what are you going to do about it? Are you prepared? Yeah, thank you. That's a good question. Thank you so much, Steve. All right. Next person, Sheila. Hey, Sheila. Hello. How you doing? I heard you were sick this week. I've been sick for weeks, but yeah. But, but you were well, you know, he made you well so you could give your testimony exactly. today. Yeah, because I really didn't think I was going to be here today. <laughs> okay, that's, that's great. And so we're here to talk about the Holy Spirit, of course. Right. And I know Jesus has worked to transform you in your life, but I want to focus on Holy Spirit. Um, how, how, has, how has the Holy Spirit worked in your life? Two things really come to mind, and I know that we have to keep it short, and I'm long-winded, so I'm really going to work on this. Most of you know I'm a recovering alcoholic. Um, 2007, I started drinking with my son's first cancer, and I have been in and out of treatment centers. I think I counted 11 different treatment centers. That was like once a year from 2007 until 2019. I came here in June of 2019 and rededicated my life. October of that year, which would be this October, almost four years ago, I went to treatment, and I have not been back since. <laughs> wow. Praise uh, God. But the one thing that I want to say is when I got here, I was so beat down, broken. That song said, buried beneath my shame, depressed, psychotic. I was, this is the truth. I literally was miserable. I was working for a hospice company. And I'd been there like eight years, but I, need, I wanted a new job because it was a very toxic environment. So I go to my psychiatry appointment. I am having my brain zapped, and that's really what it was, it's called trans, trans, magnetic trans, I can't even say it. Trans, trans, magnetic, trans, transmission. transmission. Where they just like use magnets to zap them and make that, the happy part of your brain work again. So I go in there, I go every day for like 28 treatments. I walk out and I have my scrubs on for the other company. I, I had just literally, like a week before that, prayed this exact prayer almost to a T is, Father, if you want me to have a new job, you're going to have to throw it in my lap. In Jesus' name, amen. 
I stand at the elevator and these two men who are now my bosses look at me and they're like, oh, you work for blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, well, we just opened up this hospice company right here. Um, you want to come in tomorrow and talk with us for a little bit? And I was like, okay. Well, first of all, they said, are you, I don't even know how they asked me, but I tell them I am here visiting the shrink, getting my heads at. I mean, I'm just very open and they still wanted me to come in. So I went in the next day, I met with them, we started talking, come to find out one of the owner's wife's in recovery, so I spilled my guts. Oh, by the way, I don't even have but like five months soap, whatever it was, you know. Um, they still wanted me and they offered me a job. At that time, I did not feel like I had any, uh, I had, well, I had no self-esteem, no self-worth. I didn't think I had a purpose in life. And I, my first or second class that I took here, my group, was about spiritual gifts. And um, just to give you an idea of how much I really, little I thought of myself, we had to take a test. We had to, it was, if any of you have ever done that class, it's a lot. And I only halfway did it because I was not very committed. But when I got the, the list back, I argued with it. Um, but my first gift is exhortation which if you don't know, that means an encourager. And I'm like, I don't encourage anybody. You know, well, I, I did, I argued with Cliff and Karen, I argued with Pastor Mark and Pastor Christine, that's not me. They say it is. My second one is mercy, and the third was giving. Um, when I got that job with the new hospice company, I was working in the office, I'd been there two years. So it's been almost a year and a half now. And Mike, uh, he's one, all, all three men that own the company are Christians. He told me one day, he says, Sheila, goes, you have a gift. He said, people just love you. You're so encouraging. And I'm like, no, I'm not. he goes, you need to be in the field. So if you don't know what that means in hospice, that means that you go out to people that are dying. You explain what end of life looks like. You sign them up, order their equipment. You do all that stuff. I did not want that job. And, and you mark it on top of it. But he, when I say he, like, it was kind of like the bird where the mom pushes you out the nest and makes you go. I'm going to tell y'all, it's been a year and a half now. When it comes to the marketing aspect of it, I have, I, I hate to boast, but the truth is, is I usually am the top marketer every month. And that's not me. Those are gifts from God. He sends me families. Because a lot of times I go up against three hospice companies and I have to share why I think our company's the best or whatever. And, you know, part of that is just who we are as a person. And, um, but I feel like for once in my life, I have a purpose. I get to be with people at the hardest time of their life, share my experience, strength, and hope. And I've even been able to witness to people that were in recovery on their deathbed to tell them, you know, oh, that's I'm fantastic. Here yeah. And what I have been through. And I just, I'm so grateful that I have people in my life that even when I don't listen to the Holy Spirit, somebody does, you know? <laughs> right. But I'm learning. Yeah, and w one word that struck me when, when you're talking, you're giving your testimony is, from you, I get positivity. And that's opposite of what you Very much so. talked about earlier. So that, yeah. that's, that's just fantastic. And, I, and by the way, when I say I hated myself when I got here, I truly did. Um, I love myself. I love the person that I am today. Do I want to be better in every way? Absolutely. But every day, I just have these aha surprise moments, and I am very grateful for that. And all that is because you guys have supported me through four and a half years of a lot. Let's just say that. Wow. And the uh, Holy Spirit gives us strength, doesn't he? Yes. 
Yes, he does. Did, did you have something else that you wanted to? Uh, no, I think that's that's pretty much the, the main wow. thing that I, I mean, wanted well, to share. <laughs> I think that's pretty good enough, though, right? <laughs> Thank you so much, Sheila. Last but not least is Julia. Come on up, Julia. How are you doing this morning? Are we on? I'm bringing my sidekick because he's here today. Uh, Christopher. Good morning, Christopher. Come on in. Come join us. Hey, Julia, I remember you gave a talk on how you didn't know what your gifts were at first, and then you came to Life Fellowship, and then you listened and you just did. And like that, that inspired me to think that maybe sometimes we don't know what our gifts are, but God has us exercise our gifts anyway. And other people notice it, but we ourselves might never recognize our own gifts. But anyway, I, I know you want to speak to Holy Spirit and speak about Him and how He has affected your life, so have at it. All right. So I had a whole bunch of notes because I was supposed to be the time filler, but y'all did awesome filling the time in. So I won't give all those notes and we'll make it short because we know my husband is a, can be long-winded. Not me. Him. <laughs> so what I got um, just listening to everyone's testimony is, first of all, the one thing Yaman didn't tell y'all is that the price for the house that he was told to put in by the realtor for the people that own the house was about fifty or sixty thousand dollars less than the asking price Whoa. so that was something that i i was like i hope he says it because that really will put that punch into his experience and their experience in getting the house um and then what i got just listening to everyone's testimony and just looking at the different people that have come up here to give a testimony is that the Lord is trying to touch generations here. He started with the youngest and he went through the gamut. Um, so if you didn't get anything from your generation, go speak to that person because <laughs> I'm sure they have more for you. But I just, that, that touched me as I was listening to everyone's testimony. And Sheila, you are an encourager. You crack me up. <laughs> And I can so see you in the hospice scene and, and giving your testimony to people. And as you grow in your faith, I can totally see you giving people on their deathbed the opportunity to turn to Christ. So I'm excited to see how the Lord rolls the carpet out for you to share your gifts in, in the workplace. But as you heard, everyone's workplace um, testimonies, the Lord will touch you, use you in any, any, any realm of your life as long as you say, use me, Lord. And like they said, be careful what you ask for because he will. And what I always tell you, Mon, is don't let your circumstances rattle what it is you're doing for the Lord because that can happen. Um, and so that, that, was, that would have been my testimony to give today is that um, when I find myself in moments where I'm being rattled, I have to re, um, what's the word I'm looking for, Christopher, realign myself, just really come back down and ask myself what circumstances are around me and why are they happening to me? Um, there are some things that are rattling, uh, 
our world, right, as a whole, um, but look at their circum looking at their circumstances, they can't see a way out. That's where your faith comes in, having faith in, the, in, in what the Lord is doing and working in the ways he's working through your life will pull you through. Because as you've heard it said here before, when you're in hell, go through it. Don't stop and, and dwell in it. Keep pushing through. Keep having faith. Keep going towards the goal because the Lord has a plan for you. Um, I had like 10 things to share about just wrapping up the whole series of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit manifests himself in everyday life. You did a good job because what you said confirmed some of the things that I had. So I won't go there sharing them, but I did want to just encourage everyone that it, even if you don't have someone in your life to look around you, because we all should be here to build one another up, sharpen each other's sword, just iron sharpens iron, and we're here for one another. Um, I can give a testimony based on how the Holy Spirit works in my life at work. I can do it at home. I can do it any, anywhere that I even hear. Um, listening to people speak, the Lord gives me discernment because when I'm listening to people, um, the way he built me up is to encourage. And when I encourage other people, I'm listening to their stories and I have such empathy for them that I can sense and feel exactly what they're describing. And if I'm tuned into what the Lord is saying to me, he'll give me the right words that he wants that person to know to encourage them to keep going. And it's happened on numerous occasions, not only here in church, but also outside. Um, I was a part of uh, helping a young lady. Um, I was volunteering basically. Um, encourage women to start an online life coaching group. And these women were given their testimonies. And so I was helping to respond to their testimonies and encouraging these women. And it was just enlightening to me um, to see how the Holy Spirit was giving me words to give these women that I didn't know other than the little short clip that they gave online. Um, after they gave their short clip, the, whatever the Holy Spirit gave me to give, I gave, and I got such encouragement back because they were like, thank you so much for responding. You knew the right words to say, and what you said was spot on. I needed to hear that, and it was just encouraging to get their words back. Um, so that's a few times as of the Holy Spirit showing up in my life. You have anything to add? Hello. I feel like I'm a closer. Yes. This is all off the cuff. None of this is scripted. It's all Holy Spirit. But that's how he do. She used the word alignment. Realignment. And um the word that the Holy Spirit gave me was alignment. And we're talking about the Holy Spirit and the giftings of the Holy Spirit. In scripture, this church, so we got to have some scripture, right? This is all I'm giving it. Anybody that knows me know that I give it as I get it. It's just, it just comes. When Jesus in John, the gospel of John, when Jesus promises the Holy Spirit, 
He's talking to his disciples. And he says, if you keep my commandments, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I'll pray to the Father and he'll send you the advocate, the Holy Spirit. And he'll lead you into all truth. You know, elsewhere he says he will, he will remind you of the things that I've taught you and he'll lead you into all truth and understanding. Alignment. If you love me, you keep my commandments, I'll pray. The Holy Spirit was the result of being in alignment with the Lord. Fast forward to Acts. They all in the upper room. They're all praying in one accord. And the Holy Spirit settles on them like tongues of fire and they begin to speak and prophesy and a lot of people came to the Lord. Alignment. If you are aligned with the Lord, the result of your alignment with God will be the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is the person that gives the gifts. So, if you're not seeing the manifestation or the result or the evidence of the Holy Spirit gifts in your life, ask yourself, are you properly aligned with the Lord? Alignment. Just something to think about. It's a different perspective. We're talking about the gifts and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They're great. They're good. Don't get me wrong. But just the fact, just in and of itself, to be led by the Holy Spirit is a gift in and of itself. Don't be so desirous of the gifts to where you lose sight of the gifter. The gifter, in a lot of ways, is probably more important or sweeter than the gifts themselves. So be desirous of the gifter. Be desirous of the Holy Spirit in your life and let him decide which gifts that he wants to give you because the gifts that you might think you want might not be in the cards for you to have. All right? So, that's the first thing. The second thing is when he told the disciples, if you keep my commandments, and when they're up in the upper room and they're praying and the Holy Spirit comes, I would like to think that not all of those people came to know the Lord at the same time, which means they were at different places in their walks. Some people may have only been a Christian a follower of Christ, maybe for five minutes. Some of them may have been followers of Christ for 10 years. We don't know. But my point is, is don't think, don't ever think that you're too small of a Christian to have the gifts of the Holy Spirit activated and manifested in your life. He's no respecter of being. 
The same thing that he wants for that baby Christian is the same thing he wants for that 30, 40, 50 year Christian. The Holy Spirit, he will do the same thing for that baby Christian that he would do for that senior Christian. So never think that you're too small or unqualified to make a difference. Or never think you're too big. Or never think that you're too big. Because, see, a flea can trouble a lion more than a lion can trouble a flea. So never think that you're too small to make a difference. So the last thing is this. First Thessalonians. It says, don't quench the Holy Spirit. Now, some translations may use the word stifle. Some translations may use the word extinguish. Don't put out the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, his whole purpose is to lead and guide us into all truth. His whole purpose is to help us do the will of the Father. You quench the Holy Spirit. You take yourself out of position to do the will of the Father. And I think sometimes we quench the Holy Spirit because we are, we are, we are, we are afraid of that transformation process. Let the Holy Spirit have his weight. Don't quench it. If it's in the Bible, it's a commandment. It don't have to be in red for it to be a commandment. If the Lord saw fit for it to be written in the Bible, it's his words, it's his command. And it says, do not, through Paul, because Paul wrote Thessalonians, right? Do not quench, do not stifle, do not extinguish the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit is meant to do, and you will be everything that you was meant to be, regardless of what those giftings are. So I leave that with y'all. Desire the gift, desire the gifter probably more than you desire the gifts. Because just to be led by the Holy Spirit is probably the sweetest gift that we can ever receive. Just that in of itself. In the same way, if you was a basketball player and Michael Jordan, I'm gonna try to pick some people that that covers everybody here. Michael Jordan, if Michael Jordan said, I want to train you how to play basketball, if you was, in, if you was a financer and Warren Buffett said, I want to train you and mentor you how to manage your money, if Michelangelo said, I want to train you how to, make, how, how to sculpt, if Leonardo da Vinci said, I want to train you how to paint, we would definitely say, wow, that's a gift. I'm learning from the master, I'm, I'm, the master is willing to lead me in how to, 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 to sculpt, you know, beautiful sculptures or, or Michael Jordan is willing to train me how to be that guy. How much more can we say about the Holy Spirit? The very presence, the very essence of God Almighty. He's, saying I'm, he's not saying I'm willing. He's saying I will lead you. That in, his, that in and of itself is a gift. 
So let's cherish and let's ask the Lord to help us make the most of that gift. And then when we do that, we see the evidence and the manifestations of all of the other gifts that he may have for us. Cool? Yeah. All right. Thank, thank you, Christopher. Fantastic. And Julia, thank you. Yeah, alignment. That's what Holy Spirit does. He brings us into alignment with the image of Jesus so that we can be more like Jesus, right? So I hope you got something out of uh, today's testimonies from uh, people in our church family, and I hope that was an encouraging and helpful and built us all up. And I'm sure many of you here have similar testimonies. You know, I see a few, but uh, we have time constraints. But you know, the reason why uh, uh, God provides us with the Holy Spirit is, is something that Pastor Mark talked about last week, and that's uh, God's, and Steve mentioned this, God's love for us. And as you recall, last week, Pastor Mark closed with 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And that's where it all comes from, with our great God. So please bow your heads, close your eyes. If you don't have Jesus in your life, but you heard something today that makes you want to know him, just lift up your hand. No shame in that. Nobody can see. Maybe you're online and you want to ask Jesus into your heart. Then say this prayer. Dear God, thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. I believe that Jesus willingly gave his life on the cross, bearing the weight of my sins and triumphed over death through his resurrection. I ask Jesus to come into my life. I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I acknowledge that according to the word, accepting Jesus as my Savior is not just an intellectual experience or belief, but a surrender of my entire being to his lordship. I understand that it is through your son's sacrifice on the cross that I am redeemed and have eternal life. Help me, Lord, as I begin my journey as your child to fully grasp the significance of accepting Jesus. Help me to embrace him as my Savior with all my heart, trusting in his atoning sacrifice and surrendering my life to his will. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. So if you prayed this prayer, we have one more prayer for you. So if you bow your heads and close your eyes, this prayer is meant also for all of us because we can all use this. I pray that the Lord wash his Holy Spirit, as we talked about today, over you so that your relationship with Jesus will grow. I pray that the Lord gives you the strength and discernment to follow his guidance. I pray that the Lord helps you to have a greater understanding of the significance of Jesus' sacrifice and the victory he achieved. I pray that his knowledge fills you with hope, assurance, and gratitude, knowing that through his death and resurrection, you have been reconciled 
with the Father and have eternal life. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.